Hi, welcome back to The Clinical Spiritualist. My name is Morgan Thomas, she, her, and I'm a queer therapist and coach. I'm passionate about uplifting the LGBTQ plus community through client-centered care, and I'm also a spiritual practitioner who specializes in tarot. During the pandemic, I embarked on a spiritual journey that led me into questioning everything about myself and my life. I came out as bisexual, left religion, began reading tarot, and started my own business. I'm passionate about sharing honest stories in hopes of bringing healing, curiosity, and new insights into your world. As always, take what resonates and leave what doesn't. Let's get into today's episode. Hi, Marcy. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm very excited for this conversation today. Let's start out with your name, your pronouns, and a little bit about you and your business. Okay. I am Mercy or at mercy.hypnosis on, you know, Instagram and everything. Mm-hmm. I what what do you want to know here? So, I'm a mom of two. Um, I live in Texas and recently well, I'd say over the last like five, six years, I really gone deep into like the spiritual journey. And over this last year, I really started kind of focusing on like, okay, I want to take everything I've learned for myself. I want to kind of heal out loud Mm. in hoping that that can help somebody else. Even if it's just one person while I'm helping myself, it was just really important to like share my experiences and my journey really to just help one person because that's I feel like that's all that's my mission right now you know and really trying to live like authentically for myself and trying to be a better example for my kids and for my you know for my girls trying to be that person that I want them to be you know that I want them to find themselves but I I realized that I needed to do that for myself to be that like that example so that's awesome um yeah I love what that you said, heal out loud. I've never heard that. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, it was kind of something that I just like, I was thinking about it and I don't know. I don't want to say like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it came to me or if I heard it. Cause I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. I get like so much overloaded information and I'm like, did I hear that? I, and if I did, I want to credit whoever I heard it from, but I don't know. I kind of also feel like I was journaling one time and it just like, yeah. when I asked myself, who am I, what am I doing? What are you, what is my purpose? Like, I feel like that's just something that always just comes to me. Yeah. That, that's, um, that really resonates. Uh, tell us a little bit about your business. And I know that you're in um, hypnotherapy training right now. So anything about that. So I, before I started my hypnotherapy journey, um, I actually started with past life regression and I think we took with Nikki together. So I was doing a combination of past life regression and Reiki and really first wanting to do it only on myself. I had zero interest in like actually providing that service to other people. Um, and that really sparked my interest in the subconscious and you know eventually hypnotherapy but I finally feel like I've talked myself out of like okay mercy you can do this you know what you're doing and you're ready to help and serve people so officially like I've launched my website 
I still need to work on it a little bit, but I'm, I feel like I'm ready to finally get out there mm. and do what I'm here to do. Wow. So, passive regression, Reiki, Reiki and um, hypnotherapy. That's, that's amazing. It's um, yeah. I remember starting my business. The hardest part is just like changing your Instagram bio, launching your website and just like claiming it out loud. Like I feel like that was the hardest part was like the first post or like, you know, soliciting yourself. Yeah. You know, I deal sometimes with like imposter syndrome and in my other life, my other life, like I've been in the corporate world. So really like trying to disconnect my thoughts and that mercy from the mercy that I feel like I really am Mm. and the mercy that I'm here to be, I'm ready. So I like, I am when somebody asks me, what do you do? I'm like, oh yeah, I, I, you know, I do work in the corporate world, but I'm exiting. I'm a past life regressionist. I am a Reiki practitioner. I am almost certified as a hypnotherapist. That's, that's what I do. Yeah. Good for you. (laughs) I can even tell like you saying that to me, like you just got like a little bit brighter. That's cool. I love that. (laughs) Tell me about so today we're talking about um death work what is death worker death as as a whole um mercy i would say like that's feels like your specialty to me that's what you are so passionate about what um i see like come up on my feed when you post so i i would really love to know like in your terms um what is death work and what is a death worker okay yeah definitely so before we do that i just if it's okay with you, like, let's just take a minute to kind of ground ourselves and just open our hearts up and our minds because death is, it's a, it's a heavy conversation and it's uncomfortable for a lot of us because of so many unknowns. Right. And then mm-hmm. if we're losing people that are close to us, it, it hurts. And I never want to take away that pain. I actually want us to try to like embrace that pain and embrace the hurt more so that we can learn how to implement and live our lives like in a more fully and authentic way. Mm -hmm. So when we come to terms that ultimately at some point, we're all going to meet death, we can start to live today fully, you know? And so really just embracing the cycles of if we have an ending, there has, there's going to be a new beginning. And even if we leave the spirit, this world here, you know, there's a spiritual world that is so unknown to us in this like 3d in our physical form. So I just really want to take a minute and like have us breathe and just breathe in that openness and the, you know, the curiosity. And also if you have anybody that you've lost, like take a minute to ask them to be with you. Cause I really find that you can find a lot of comfort in that. Yeah. I'm going to put my um, camera uh, microphone on mute and we can take a couple of deep breaths together. Okay. It's crazy because I could feel like I could feel when the chills, I I got chills, like I think my third or fourth breath in. So 
I know it's a heavy conversation and I know it's uncomfortable, but I think mm-hmm. that if we lean into it and ask the questions, you know, why mm-hmm. it really can help us lead a more death led life. And so that sounds morbid, but it's really not. Yeah. I actually, is there anything you wanted to say in regard to the prayer, like taking a moment, anything else there before I, I move? No, I think we're good there. Okay. Um, I kind of want to just give you context and give the listeners context about where I'm at and why I'm so intrigued in this conversation. Um, so my experience with death is I, I don't really have uh, much experiences. I've lost great grandparents. Um, I've known people from high school um, that have died. I would say the closest death has happened in the last few months. I had an aunt die by suicide. Um, So that was definitely the closest and most traumatic thing that I've experienced. And so um, I really have not experienced death from a close um, loved one. And I've noticed that as I've started my spiritual journey, like as time goes on, it becomes more anxiety provoking for me when I think about it, when I think about me dying, when I think about my partner dying or, or my mom and sisters, et cetera. Um, I wouldn't use the word paralyzing, but it is something that I just come back to. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't fathom. Um, and so I think also because I have a lot of people in my life, like my partner, she lost her dad when she was in high school. And I have a really good friend who lost her mom. So it's like death is very close to me, but it's, it hasn't hit um, like right directly in front of me, I guess would be a good analogy. Um, so I just wanted to give you that context of, of my experience with death. I mean, I think like on a global level, we're at the closest collectively we've been to death. You know, even if it's not in your direct proximity, you know somebody who maybe you've met a couple of times through somebody else. And then with the pandemic, like we are, we're collectively in the state of like at some degree or some level, like we've all experienced loss, even if it doesn't feel like, well, I was close to that some you know, that person. So I, it's hard, harder for me to relate to. Right. Mm-hmm. So personally, um, I think death has always kind of been sprinkled in my life. So like my mom grew up without parents. So uh, on that side, and I didn't have grandparents. Um, then my dad's side, my grandparents died early. Also, my grandma, you know, was here through later in life. But so there was it was always just like sprinkled around me. And then when I was 18, I lost my dad to suicide. Mm-hmm. So that was like the the first big traumatic loss, even though I'd already experienced it like through other family members indirectly or, you know, within that proximity. Um, a couple of years later, I lost a friend to, to an accident. And so she was like one of my best friends. So death has, when I think back and look at it, like it's always been right at the front door for me. Um and it wasn't always easy to talk about. I mean, it wasn't until late last year that I actually spoke out loud, like how my dad passed. Because if anybody would ask, it was always like, oh, it was, you know, some accident. Or I would try to avoid the question because I didn't know how to respond to it. 
I didn't want to make the other individual feel uncomfortable because I know, you know, suicide is so taboo and depression and we don't talk about it. So, and then, you know, death is also taboo. We don't talk about it. We don't know how to like express those feelings. Um, we want to fix that person's pain. And I never like that really, it, it just, I hated it. I hated the feeling of like somebody feeling sorry for me. And so I just would rather not talk about it. And even like on a closer family dynamic, like my sister, my mom and I, we experienced the same event, yet we weren't really being open and talking to each other. And I think Mm -hmm. like, I think that's hard because you don't know what to say and you don't know what to do and you don't want to make your how you're feeling make that you know my mom or my sister feel bad so it was kind of like we're each in our own little circles but we didn't have to be and it wasn't until more recently like we're able to talk more openly mm-hmm. and like I said it wasn't until last year that it was the first time I actually said out loud what happened mm-hmm. and I think just by sharing that it, you know I, I know that it can help somebody So just talking and being open to talking about feelings and knowing that it's okay to be mad. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be sad and just let that feel like let ourselves go through that process because I feel like at the end of it, after we get all that anger out or all that sadness, like we come back to a place of love Mm -hmm. and it's never something that is that I get over, right? It's been over 15 years And it's still hard because I feel like I've lived so many lifetimes without him here, you know, seeing Mm. my kids and I'm like, well, what would it have been like had he been here? So it never gets easier, but I've learned to just manage and like deal with it or hold it in a different way. And rather than trying to suppress how I feel, because I used to do that all the time, I'd suppress and suppress and, you know, come a certain time of the year, I hear a song and I'm just, I'm off the wall. Like I am in this spiral and I don't want to do anything. And so it's very real. Those things, those feelings, you know, if you're not letting them manifest how they'd like, if you're not holding space for those feelings, it's just, it's so, it gets so dark and so scary. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your experience. Um, I, I guess it's a, it's a good thing. And I would say you're the part of the change of, um, that you and your mom and your sister can talk now yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. 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 Cause you would, you would think, right. That if you're in this situation together, it should be easier to talk about, but that just, I think goes to show us that it's not because I think as a culture, like we are so afraid of death that we don't want to talk about it because if we don't talk about it, it's not going to happen. Right. That's just, it's just not reality. That's not the case. And I think if we become more open to it and just know that it's there, acknowledge that it's there and acknowledge the the feelings that, that arise from it, like it just can be so, it just makes such a difference. Mm. And, you know, in other cultures, death is a, it's such a sacred ritual. It's that transition. It's like the ultimate tarot card if you put it in you know the tower it's that ultimate transition and it doesn't have to mean that it's the end but that also doesn't take away from like the feelings that arise from death Mm, yeah what how do you live a death-led life what does that mean 
So to live a death-led life is, is acknowledging that at some point we, we're going to meet death, right? It'll be right here for us. So it's really like encouraging us to live in the moment. And I'm sure to some degree, we've all experienced like knowing somebody who's passed or knowing some of somebody who's passed and thinking, oh, wow, you know, that person, they left so young and there's so much that I want to make sure that I'm doing before that happens to me or it could happen to somebody that I know. So really, it's it's just living every single day. It's cherishing every single moment and not waiting until something tragic happens. It's not waiting for tomorrow. It's really like bringing in today. And so that's, that's what a death-led life is. Yeah. It's not, you know, turning away or being scared from it. It's welcoming it. Mm. Yeah, I, I definitely, I feel like a lot of people experience this and I know I do. Yeah. When a tragedy happens and you think, oh my gosh, there's still so much left. I want to see, I want to do. And while it's important to have goals and visions, I feel like it can get, um, kind of toxic. Maybe if you're like having this anxiety for the future and feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to go back to school. I need to book this, um, trip. Cause I know I've been like that, like living yeah. so far ahead that then you're not even in the moment. Like you're, you're saying. Yeah. And I, I think it's also important though, to remember that like duality can exist. You can definitely plan, you know, definitely plan, have things ready, talk about what your, what your dreams and your hopes are, but also just don't forget to be in the moment because so much can pass us by when we're only in the future and not in the present. Mm. What has death taught you? and losing people really close in your life that you feel like other people don't have that, that lesson or that experience or that insight. Compassion. Mm. So I think compassion is definitely something. And that's just the first word that like came to my head when you said that, um, compassion for others in general, but also like the compassion for ourselves. So I think, having people who have been so close to me, you know, be gone. It's just that compassion of there's so much more that we don't understand and just holding space for the feelings that come up because that person's not here. Mm-hmm. And also I would say like understanding that when we lose somebody that we love, we also lose that version of, of ourselves that we wow. were with that person in our lives. And we have to, we have to give ourselves space for that. We have to give ourselves space to grow from there. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be the same. You know, that's just putting it bluntly and that's okay. Yeah. Well, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about like the phases of grief, like the typical, you know, I don't know how many stages there are, but I know that there's a lot of controversy around that, or like people think that it's not, you don't move here, 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 and here. Um, but that you like, you move through it. Like it's a linear thing. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think that's bullshit. (laughs) It's not linear and it's, it's not even like what would be like a circle either. It's really just, it it can come in waves and it can come unexpectedly and you can start at a and be at z and then come back to 
G or whatever, you know. Um, but I think that when you're incorporating and giving space for your feelings, it's not as turbulent. It's not, it doesn't come as hard as it is when you completely like suppress feelings. Mm. So I definitely, um, yeah, I think it's five stages that, that, mm-hmm. that they talk about. And while those five stages are definitely like things that are, you do feel, I don't think that it's linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> especially, especially if you're suppressing and not like facing those feelings. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely heard a lot of critiques and grieving anything. I think it, it doesn't happen like perfect boxes. We're humans. We're, yeah. you know, we're all over the place and that's who we are. Yeah. We're always healing. So mm-hmm. while we might feel like we're healed in this part of us, then this part is like going crazy. And mm-hmm. so it's really, it's, knowing that we're never truly healed a hundred percent, there's always going to be some level of like unlocked untapped healing that we have to work on and really just being compassionate for our feelings, like being compassionate for ourselves and just moving towards, like, I think it's important to be curious to where, you know, what, what it is that you're feeling. I know for me, if I'm feeling angry some days, I am now at the point where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to be pissed off because I used to go through the cycle of how dare my dad leave me? How dare he do this to me? Like, what was he thinking? And then I'm like, oh, my God, mercy. Like, how can you be mad at him? He's not even here. He was he was suffering. And like, how dare you be mad at him? And then so I'm going through like this internal cycle of like, I make myself feel awful about it. Right. And now I'm like, you know what? It's okay to be upset. Mm-hmm. because when I know that when I get through that anger at the end of it I'm like I I'm so upset that you're not here but I love you and I know that you're here with me just in a different way and yeah. it doesn't make it easier obviously if I could change it I would but it is what it is and you know just I think learning to be compassionate with our feelings and allowing ourselves to feel everything even if it is mm-hmm. anger mm-hmm. yeah what would you say to someone um, who fears death or fears of loved ones dying? I think it's natural. We're going to be, we're going to worry about, you know, losing loved ones. I, I worry about losing my mom, even though, you know, she's still young. I am hoping that she has a lot of time here. I worry about losing my kids. You know, they're young and I shouldn't have to worry about that. But the fact is that it can, happen to anybody at any point right so I think if we have those conversations with those loved ones and express you know express that fear Mm -hmm. express like okay let's let's kind of talk our way through our what's going to happen when you're not here Mm -hmm. you know really and also obviously we can't plan out every time you know our our day we we can't there can be an accident that does happen or but if we're fortunate enough to see somebody that we love through a long period of their life and we know that death is coming like having these conversations before we get to that point I think can be very helpful for them because it's scary for that person too right if if that person is is getting ready to transition and then it's scary for us so we don't want to be scrambling on trying to figure out what this person would have wanted mm 
to memorize them, to celebrate their life. Mm -hmm. So even though they're uncomfortable, we should try to have these conversations and just kind of explore what that fear is and where it's coming from. And, you know, don't get so it's, it's easier said than done a hundred percent, but we need to try to focus on like the beauty of the time that we have right now Mm -hmm. and not necessarily like be on edge waiting for the moment that they're gone because we lose so much time and so many memories and so much like beauty in that, you know, in that time period. So I would say, I think, I think that's the place to start. Mm. Yeah. I I hear you say like um, a lot of things of just be present, be here in the moment now, instead of worrying about the future. And, um, and I also like that you normalize, yeah, you're going to worry. Like it's a, it's a, it's a big taboo topic, especially, um, you know, if you're not talking about it all the time, Yeah. but to just be here now, that's the kind of a phrase I like to come back to is like, be here now. Yeah. And it's so beautiful how it like can translate to so many different topics because it's, it's true. Let's just be here and, you know, appreciate what we have right now. Mm -hmm. And, and it's okay that not everything's always perfect either, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't write this question down for you, but I would love to know ways that you connect with the other side. Um, so I think I've just always been like naturally intuitive Mm -hmm. and I've always just kind of known things. Um, so for, there was a time where I was like, oh gosh, like I'm just seeing things or I'm hearing things or like, I'm going crazy. And I kind of tried to shut it off because it freaked me out, but it also, I was very curious about it. So for me, like I see a lot of signs and I'm always just like, I know that that's, I know who that is. I know that that's my dad or, you know, it's more of like a, just knowing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Do you have any final thoughts, advice, stories, anything that feels like you want to share before um, we wrap up today? Um, I mean, so I know I keep saying like be present and just try to appreciate what we have, but I really think if you want to live a, like a death led life, that's, that's where we start is Mm -hmm. really just taking inventory of the things that we do have. And again, that doesn't take away from the struggles and and no way would I ever invalidate like hard situations or hard times, because I think that those, those things are real struggles are real, but we can always find something to be grateful in some situations. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can always try to be grateful for the people that we have in our lives. Um, and just welcoming that, okay, death may, it will occur to us at some point, whether we know when that's happening or not, we can take that knowledge and kind of like welcome it in. And I'm not saying like, it doesn't have to be morbid, you know, it's just knowing that it's there and it's at some point coming, but taking the time to really and fully be present in the now. Mm. I have really appreciated um, this conversation. You've given me a lot to reflect on. I was just, as you were talking, I was imagining me like just sitting down in meditation or something and just speaking out loud. Like I welcome it in and just acknowledging it because 
I feel like it's a different experience when you ruminate and you're constantly thinking about it versus when you speak it or you journal it or like today, like we're having a conversation about death and, um, not, you know, avoid avoidance, not avoiding it. Yeah. So I did this, um, meditation with, um, she's fantastic. She's a death doula also. Um, her name is Tasha Mm -hmm. and we meditated on our death day. And so me being comfortable, you know, as comfortable as you can possibly be with death, it was still really challenging for me because it just, you know, it brings up a lot of feelings. So the meditation was just visualizing your death day. What, what does that look like for you? And it's something that I don't think that we, you know, we, we don't think about often, but Mm -hmm. I saw like the room I was in, I saw like everything around me to sense, I saw the people around me and it was, it was, it kind of freaked me out because obviously I saw my daughters there when they're much older and it was, it was really eye-opening for me Mm. because putting yourself in that situation, I think it kind of refocuses how you're living today. So if, I think if you think about you know, the day of your death. And if, if you're able to visualize what that looks like for you, you can kind of take a step back and say, okay, am I living the life that is going to get me to, to that point? You know, that's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if you're ever up for it, I would definitely recommend doing that, you know, take a second to think about how does, how does that last day look for me? Mm. Who's around me? you know, what, how do, how do I want to transition to the next, to the next phase? How do I want to enter the spirit world? Who is with me on my last physical day on earth? And how does that look for you? And then you can always take a step back and say, okay, am I, am I living in alignment with that? Mm. What do I need to change? I want to ask, I have one more question. It's just, (laughs) it's so existential. I want to hear your thoughts. So, okay. I feel like this, com- this is going to be kind of hard to get out. So spiritual people often believe that when someone dies, they kind of, they had a soul contract. They were, they were meant to die um, at age 49. You know, that was how it was supposed to play out. I feel like my, I feel like I can agree with that to an extent. And also I feel like how, it could feel invalidating as the person experiencing that of like, oh, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Like it was their sole plan. So I would love to hear your thoughts and like on that. I love this question, but it also like makes me feel like, oh, cause I totally get it. There's parts of me where I'm like, yeah, I totally, I believe that I could see how, you know, that's what it is that we have these contracts. But then also I'm like, wait, there's some really, really messed up shit that happens. And how are you going to tell me mm-hmm. that that person, you know, chose that? So I do struggle with that also, like, mm-hmm. because I, it is, it, it can be very invalidating if you're somebody who has experienced something traumatic and somebody's telling you, well, your soul chose that you're, you're, you're you know, your soul knew that you, what you were going into and <clears throat> I, know. I just think it's so much deeper than, than what we 
than even what we think it may be. Mm. And maybe it's a mixture of both, you know, maybe it's a, okay, so you're going to pick something traumatic, but we're going to see, like, this is one of the possibilities that could happen. Let's see how you as a being or as a soul are going to navigate through that. Yeah. So I I just, I think it's this balance. I don't know. uh, Yeah. Back to that duality, like both can, both can exist. Um, Oh, I was, I was thinking of something as you were talking. I don't know what I was going to say, but thank you for, for expanding on that because I, yeah, I really struggle with that. Um, oh yeah. At what point are, are like humans just being humans? Like I'm thinking yeah. of all the mass shootings that we've experienced. Like how was that like a soul? I, I'm kind of speaking at you, but I'm speaking like just to yeah. the universe. Like how is that a, a soul plan? Like a little children chose to their soul to be here. So that could happen. Like, I just, when it comes to, like you said, like really traumatic events, especially perpetuated by other humans, it's like, when is it just like this, this fucking sucks. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. When you see something like that happen to people, to children, to like the innocent, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really infuriating. And it's like, what the hell do you mean? that they came onto this earth to die at the hands of somebody else at such a young age. I, because I can't, I can't wrap my head around that part. Yeah. And so I can't, and I don't buy into that a hundred percent. Like, so it's just one of those things that I feel like, okay, I think that there's just some fucked up people and that's where it ends. Like, I don't think that, you know, it has to be, as as deep as like Mm -hmm. this young soul chose to die in this horrific way I I just I don't know yeah yeah I I really appreciate that that viewpoint um just like not everything has to be a spiritual connection sometimes yes and also sometimes we're just like yeah I think I think in so many ways we find ourselves in this like black and white absolute Mm. like there's there has to be room for this gray in between you know there has to be room for flow not everything is a or b and i think that we have so many people like nope soul contract it is what it is and you know i say this with like a lot of people that say that i feel like they have never experienced something traumatic because if they did, I think they would have a little bit more compassion towards the human part of us. Like, mm. I don't care how spiritual you are. You, that's just not, no, I, I don't, I don't buy it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think this, that this conversation or this topic opens up a whole thing for like spiritual bypassing. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being on here today, sharing your story. Um, giving me, me and the listeners a lot to think about. I would love to know how can listeners work with you? Yeah. So, um, on Instagram, I'm at mercy.hypnosis, um, TikTok too. I don't really do much TikTok, but I'm on there too. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have a website. It's still, I still have some kinks to work out, but my DMs are always open and Okay. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you.